You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. The town of Biella, where stage three of the Giro starts on Monday, has apparently only meager claims to fame in its recent cycling history. The once promising, later disgraced and discarded former Malia Rosa, Dario Frigo, made his home here. And the town most Italians associate with its textile industry also sits in the shadow of a climb to the Santuario d'Europa, where at least one chapter in Italian sporting folklore was written in 1999, with Marco Pantani's victory there. But Biella is the birthplace of a much more recent cycling phenomenon. A man who in the last few years has left his fingerprints on the trophies of all three major tours, and much besides. Giuseppe Acquadro might be cycling's first ever super agent the equivalent of football's Mino Raiola. Giuseppe doesn't even mind that epithet or the comparison, and it would be hard to dispute, since his portfolio of clients is comfortably the starriest and, yes, most lucrative in the sport, including Egan Bernal, Naira Quintana, Richard Carapaz, Michal Kwiatkowski and Rigoberto Uran. Agents don't usually give interviews, but Giuseppe agreed to make an exception for the cycling podcast to help us understand the man behind the mask and some of this sport's biggest names. Don, 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 con armas vistarento, che pone a zarina, mufferina, rotolo. Don, 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 che canonico non do, na faina frede che si nasca cito purpito. I was a rider when I was younger, until uh, first year under 23. In that time, that was not under 23, but there was uh, amateur divides in three series. There was the three, third series, second series, first series. And because these I talk about more than 35 years ago, <laughs> so it's already a long time. And so I raced until 19 years older. After uh, I saw that was not my work, <laughs> I was winning too much. So I tell it's better I left some race to the other <laughs> and I stopped. Were you a bit of a cannibal? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, I continue um, the work that I always do it with, uh, with uh, my family that have a uh, different shop uh, and they sell uh, pastisserie, bread, uh, all uh, and production and selling and selling. Production side, big markets, supermarkets. This I continue, but I, in the meantime, I still continue to be involved in cycling, go to see races, uh, to keep contact uh, with the riders uh, that we ride together when we was younger. Some of them they was career professional uh, in uh, Team Mobile or other teams, and they still continue go to see. And after in was really. Simple, simple was uh, I in 2004. Uh, two or three riders that we have a uh, good relation as uh, Keula, that is from my reason, but now is the director sportive in Androni. And after arrive uh, Ruhano, that I know him uh, here close to my house, and uh, Scarcelli, other riders, and they saw my interest and they saw, I think, that I understand something of cycling <laughs> and uh, they asked if it was uh, possible to, to help them with the contract 
why not? Okay, I travel step by step, very slowly. We had also the help uh, that a lawyer that is always working with me, that is um, Fabio Pavone, that is always helping me in uh, these things, also in uh, support the when there are contracts and all these things. And the most important, I think, is uh, to have the highs in the young riders. This, I think, for agents is the most important things. And after uh, to try to give the best for the riders, uh, riders that that you follow and uh, to have not only in, uh, in cycling but also when they need not always because sometimes they don't need but when they need also in them uh, uh, in them private life so you told me about meeting Quela and Urujano um, um, for for a long time when people didn't know much about you there was a story it was I think it was a bit of a myth maybe but about how you got into the business. And the story was that you used to deliver the croissants to the hotel in Cosato where Ruhana was staying. Oh, part of the no, no. No, right. Sometimes we give some cake to them <laughs> for, uh, for so, for, uh, for to eat together or for eat them uh, after the training. But uh, this was only present. Was not. Uh, it was not this the connection. The connection was because I was there to see. And after I started, I, I start uh, rider by riders. <laughs> the story or myth of a quadro's pastry deliveries has inspired some mirth and even nicknames over the years, including on this podcast. But his success was no laughing matter. Rujano, a Venezuelan climber plucked from a tiny pueblo in the Andes his then team manager Gianni Savio's words, not ours, finished third in the 2005 Giro, and shortly thereafter, Aquadro was able to push through a contentious move to Quickstep. For a while, Savio was furious, refusing to even mention Aquadro's name, but that rift eventually gave way to a reconciliation of convenience. Soon indeed, team managers arguably started needing Aquadro as much as he needed them. He scouted intensively in South America. And another breakthrough arrived when he watched a teenage Rigoberto run on grainy videotape and finally managed to contact and recruit the Colombian. Thereafter, the Aquadro stable began to expand fast, in part thanks to his focus on a rapidly re-emerging market for Latin American climbers. <laughs> Ruhana was 2005, and then, as you say, step by step, and then it, by 2010, 11, you started to have quite a lot of important riders. How did you convince those, you know, when you only had Ruhana and one or two others, how was it that some quite big riders um, decided that they wanted to be your clients? I don't know, I think, for the character, for, uh, I think they... I give to them confidence and they give to me confidence was uh, together. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, as um, I did the work, convinced them. And after it was always, I tell in the beginning, step by step, step by step, step by step. After, I, as I tell you, Rigoberto Ram was really important because after other Colombian as Sergio Luis Anao, and uh, after Nairo, they come because uh, it's normal. They talk uh, with um, with Rigoberto. They ask about me. 
I think I I go very easy with them when we talk when we go to talk if we go to dinner as I did now for uh, for a French rider for Champoussin Clement Champoussin the he lives in Nice we meet one times two times we talk what was possible for his future I meet with his father and uh, was really nothing to you I think you have you cannot promise. Uh, what after is difficult to maintain. You have to to have the confidence that you were good, but not with promise. Ah, this, this, this. No, with uh, must be the confidence of the riders in you. Giuseppe certainly seems to have a way of making riders feel at ease. And despite residing in Monaco, cuts an unostentatious, almost avuncular figure among Ray-Ban-wearing, silver-tongued Jerry Maguire identicates. Alberto Bettiol's longtime agent, Mauro Battaglini, died last year, and it was to a quadro that Bettiol turned to fill the void. So it was not a choice, uh, was not a planned choice, it was a choice after the death of Mauro, my older agent. So, uh, But as many things last year, uh, nothing was planned, and COVID is the example. So I had to make a decision, and I, I found uh, in Giuseppe, I think, the right person. Only the future can, can tell me if I did the right choice, but in general, uh, up to now, I'm really happy for this choice. Uh, we are working together, especially him, uh, for, the, for the new contract, uh, because it's the last year this year. And uh, I trust him, I have to trust him, because uh, yeah, when we talk about agent, uh, you have to trust in the, in the people. And in the end, we see if I, for sure, I have to. Uh, the priority is to, is to let the, the legs uh, talk instead of the, a lot of words. But the same ability to inspire faith in prospective clients may also have inspired something else. Jealousy among Aquadro's competition. He has a knack of luring riders out of existing relationships and into his troupe and also of extricating them from teams where they no longer wish to be. In one instance, in 2018, Aquadro even managed to untether a rider, Ivan Souza, from a team for whom he'd just signed, Trek Segafredo, and relocate him to Team Sky instead. These, of course, are delicate issues, and ones on which we felt, to avoid ambiguities, it was best to let Giuseppe reply in his native tongue. See, uh... I think that everyone who knows me well knows I'm not unscrupulous, that I'm not aggressive in negotiations. But there are times when I have to defend my riders, defend or execute what the rider wants, and also be aware of opportunities. And I have to be very careful because it's the rider's livelihood we're talking about. When a rider's changing teams, he relies on us a lot. But then, of course, certain situations come up, like with Ivan Souza. Egan really wanted him at Sky. And between that and what he was going to get at Trek, well, I didn't like doing it either. But it was what the rider wanted. I can't really say why he changed his mind. It's private. Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insight, 
and personalized analytics. We are here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast. Powered by Super Sapiens. Kilometer Zero is supported by Super Sapiens. Here's a question. Which professional cycling team has the biggest following on social media? You might think it's Ineos Grenadiers, De Kerning Quickstep or Movistar. But in fact, few can rival Team Novo Nordisk, who have 8 million followers on Facebook. That's in large part because the team has inspired diabetics and their families by showing that the condition need not be a barrier to athletic achievement. Phil Sutherland, the founder of Super Sapiens, co-founded the team as Team Type 1 back in 2005. Since 2013, it's been Team Novo Nordisk, sponsored by a company which specialises in diabetic care medications. All the riders on the team, male and female, are Type 1 diabetics. Here's Phil. At the end of 2012, I uh, was able to put together a deal thanks to Jakob Ries at Novo Nordisk. And you know, we started Team Novo Nordisk. You know, under the condition that we'd go back to our roots as an all-diabetic organization. So we did. We scoured the planet to find 17 athletes with type 1, uh, most of which were young, most of which had never raced professionally before, but all wanted to. And the cool thing, you know, 12 of the 17 guys that first year on the team, when they were diagnosed, were told, you will never race a bike again. But they stuck with it. And then they came to our team. They had purpose, you know, we had CGM, so we had to educate them on how to use it. It was a process. You know, we got our asses kicked. Uh, pardon my French, but we showed up to Mallorca Challenge, and you know, young kids who had never raced bike professionally were lined up next to Bradley Wiggins, who had the yellow jersey the last year, and just like, you know, scared to death. So they really treated our guys like crap early on, and they pushed them in the wind. They didn't give them a wheel. There was absolutely no respect for our guys, but you know, they did. They just they fought back and they kept fighting and. As we developed systematic methods to control our glucose, our results started to get better and better. We'll hear more from the Team Novo Nordisk riders over the course of our Kilometer Zero series at the Giro. To find out more about Super Sapiens, go to supersapiens.com. Professional cycling is a world in which ruddy pragmatism often prevails over emotion and grudges frequently fade away. The team manager on the losing end of the Sosa tug of war, Luca Guarchilena, has certainly decided not to dwell. Oh, as usual, with, with all the people working in cycling, I'm very clear when I have a, when I have a subject to talk and I, I clearly explain what's my point of view and, uh, and that said, then obviously we turn the page because we are not kids and we need to move forward. Uh, so he knows for sure what my opinion is and I know what his opinion is and, and that's it. Clearly, that relationship hasn't quite come full circle in the same way as Savio's with Aquadro. We are in a very good relation. I think that uh, Giuseppe Aquadro is uh, one of the most important uh, managers of riders and uh, he proposed me um, some young riders and always uh, very good. It seemed altogether much less likely that Aquadro would be able to rebuild bridges with Movistar and their boss Eusebio Unzue after Richard Carapaz's move to Ineos in 2019. And indeed right up until last winter, Unzue swore to us that he would never sign an Aquadro rider again. The first months of 2021 though seem to have solved the wound to the extent that Aquadro now says he and Eusebio will soon be doing business again. In fact, as early as this summer. 
col discorso di Richard alla fine piano piano ci stiamo chiarendo a quadro and another wily old team boss Patrick Lefebvre haven't managed to strike a deal since the quadro took Michal Kwiatkowski from Quickstep to Sky in 2016 but there too time has been a great healer also a quadro tells us there's a very powerful man in cycling that comes from Biella Mr Aquadro um, how is your relationship with him these days he told me that you and him get on fine now it's confidential <laughs> One team manager with whom Aquadro definitely does get on these days, and indeed has for a while, is Dave Brailsford. In fact, Aquadro has so many riders on Ineos' books that some have raised concerns, which Aquadro himself recognises, but also ultimately dismisses. I think Dave so as I work that uh, if uh, we, uh, I like as work Dave, that if uh, Telford riders is yes, is yes, immediately. If it's not, it's not immediately. Mm -hmm. And this was a big part of, I think, of how uh, we start our um, reaction uh, in work uh, to work uh, together with, uh, with riders. And, uh, and after uh, was also, I think, a combination of a lot of things because I have in, in the moment of uh, Sky when Flumi was leader, I have a lot of good supporter riders as uh, Castroveco, as Kirienka, uh, uh, as uh, Sergenau, uh, Rigo that also, okay, Rigo stay also only two years, I think, with them. And uh, a lot of more, uh, David Lopez, a lot of uh, riders that uh, in uh, this moment also Team Sky needs uh, of these riders for to create a big teams around Trumi. I, I am... Uh, a kind of person that I prefer that you tell me yes immediately, no immediately. Mm. And this, uh, Dave, has always the, um, the idea very clear. He, he knows what he really wants for his team. Uh, I never push for, uh, I, never, I never enter, you can ask uh, to Dave or to, or to Rod now uh, or uh, to Director Sportivo. I never... Uh, enter in discussion uh, about the program. Okay, if I if we speak the program, we speak before to see the contract. This, yes, could be. But after, okay, after I speak with my riders, but after my riders speak with Director Sportive, mm -hmm. uh, of Ineos, uh, of, or with uh, Rod, with Dave, what he likes more. As this year, uh, I speak with uh, Egan. Egan like much to do the Giro d'Italia this year, but uh, was Egan that talk with uh, Dave and with uh, for to do please I want to do the Giro this year. Mm. Not uh, no it's not Torlet also to enter in, uh, in the decision. But also when I was in, in Movistar I had uh, was a moment that I have 10, 12 riders also in Movistar. Yeah. I never I make I look for the counter for the, okay if there is I only do something when there is a problem with, between the riders and the team. There I I, as my other colleague, uh, they do it. I think they try. I try to mediate and to to make the situation more calm for the benefit of the riders and mm. also the team. Aquadro now represents around 50 riders, the upper limit of what's manageable. He admits, and 12 of them are at Ineos, making him a hugely important figure for the team. 
Bernal remains the jewel in his crown, although no longer necessarily everyone's choice as the likely despot of major tours for the next 5 or 10 years. Aquadro though seems quite sure his protégé will soon be reminding the world that before Pogacar, there was another generational talent threatening to monopolise the sport's long-form races. Indeed, he says, don't be surprised if Bernal jogs our memory over the next three weeks at the Giro d'Italia. He's getting back into the swing slowly, but he's really got a leader's mindset. When he does something, he always wants to do it well. I think he's the kind of rider who, as soon as he realises he's not 100% focused on cycling, will just stop racing altogether. He does everything to 100%. After that, to win, well, that's difficult. Only one guy wins, so we'll see how he gets on here. I just hope that Egan gets back to a really high level, because it would be fantastic for cycling if over the next few years he was battling with Pogacar and Evenepoel. You have been listening to an episode of Kilometre Zero by the Cycling Podcast, supported by Super Sapiens. It was presented by me, Daniel Freiber, and produced by Adam Bowie. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.